0: Good morning. morning. Thank you, Kevin. As we start the new year, 2019, we need to ask ourselves a few questions. And we need to look to God and to His Word every single day. The first question that we need to ask ourselves is what kind of a life am I living? I can't answer this for you, but you need to answer it. What kind of a life am I living every day? The second question we need to ask ourselves is what kind of a life do I want, what kind of a life do I want? And third, the most important question, what kind of a life was I made for? What kind of a life was I made for? The answer to these three questions could all be different unfortunately. But we need to think about the discrepancy between those three questions and their answers. Every year, you get a new start. You get to take off again. And there's no reason just to kind of fall into the next year and just bump along without really thinking about things. We're on the front side of January of 2019 and you and I get to take some moments, some days, some hours, some praying time, to really think through, pray through, what kind of a life we were made for. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. What kind of a life? I was reading in a book some of the poems and letters of George Washington Carver, an outstanding scientist, inventor, agriculturist, and in a letter that he wrote, everybody knows George Washington Carver, right? In a letter he wrote in April of 1924, He said this to his friend, Jim Hardwick. Your letter touched me deeply. How I wish I was more worthy of the things you say about me. I love you more dearly because you are of another race. God is using you to teach the world the brotherhood of man, the fatherhood of God. How sweet it is to let God purge our souls of ego and bitterness and to have a little taste of heaven here on earth. I trust you will pray for me, that I get rid of all of my littleness, I did not have to learn to love you. You were chosen for me. I knew that the first time I saw you, it was the Christ in you, of course. Now that one letter tells you a lot about one man. This man who was an awesome thinker, who helped in so many ways, To make America great, agriculturally and otherwise, this man understood something about Christ living in you. Personally, I think it's the reason why he had the impact he did. God used him in a mighty way, he was a humble man. As brilliant as he was. And he was asking this brother in Christ to pray for him. He saw Christ in this man, Jim Hardwick. And they became very, very close friends. This is the passage. That brought that about. This is why this letter could be written. The Apostle Paul wrote, I have been crucified with Christ. If you're in Christ Jesus, the old you is dead. Dead, I'm saying. The old you is dead. The carnal thinking, the immature view of things, that person is dead. You've been crucified with Christ. And Paul explains this in Romans 6. And it is no longer I who live. Do you know how many Christians I know who are in full operation, full control mode at all times? And it may be The old man, the one who is dead, still trying to control things. But Jesus Christ was crucified so that you could start over. You could be crucified and live anew. Christ can live in you. No longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. He lives in me. There are some questions inside the bulletin if you want to fill out some of the answers as we go along. He lives in us. How? He lives in us. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, in Him who loved me and gave Himself for me. I love that song, even though it's kind of a tongue twister. It's fast. It's a great song because it sums up the power of God to change us. You know you have no chance at change by yourself? You know all these people writing books about how to change, how to change this, how to change that? No good change is going to happen until the God who made you is involved. And when he gets involved great things can happen. Great things. Beyond anything you ever imagined in your life, great things can happen. When he is living in you. The spirit of God is living in you. It's explained in John 14 as well. It's explained all through the letter to the Colossians. What does it look like, this life that I now live? In Jesus Christ. I was crucified and buried with Christ in baptism. That's where it happened. That's why baptism is so important because you know when that old person, he was talking about ego in his letter, that old person that was filled with bitterness, that was filled with littleness, that old person is dead. I'm a new creation. Now Christ lives in me. And Paul said to the Colossians, He is my life. Christ, is Christ your life? Is Christ who you're thinking about all day long? Or are you thinking about yourself all day long? The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, all of my confidence, all of my thought process is dominated by Him, by His character, not by who I was before, but His character. Every single day, every interaction, every decision. That's what that means, otherwise it means nothing. I now live my life by faith, not by sight, not by what I'm seeing, but by faith as I fix my eyes on Jesus and follow him daily. Hebrews 12 talks about this. He leads me, he shepherds me daily. Don't ever think this year as you're living your life, don't ever think that you are all by yourself. Please don't think that. Now I know you have felt alone at times, right? Right? Put your hand up if you've ever felt alone. Come on, come on. You people are Yeah, okay. I'm glad you got honest there at the last minute. Every human being I've ever met has times of feeling alone. If you're in Christ Jesus and Christ is in you, you are never alone. Jesus says himself, "I will never Leave you or forsake you. I will never abandon you as orphans. I am always with you. The Comforter that He had the Father sent, He is there for you. It's God, it's the Spirit of God in you, Christ in me. The Spirit of Christ, Paul says. He leads me. You know, I have said this a few other times, but you and I were actually made for a Psalm 23 life. Go back and read Psalm 23 again. Read it again. I know I told you 145. Keep reading that. Psalm 23. It's all about loyalty to the shepherd. It's about confidence in him. Reliance on Him. Humble devotion to Him. A godly mindset. Psalm 23 makes us know who Jesus is He lets me rest. That's who Jesus is. He lets you rest. Do you know some people who never let you rest? There are some human beings who could drive you crazy. They never leave you alone. The God who made you lets you rest. First thing that uh, David says. He leads me peacefully. He doesn't throw you into a frenetic ball of chaos. Like the world seems to think, he leads you peacefully. He is a God of peace. He's trying to bring peace to your life, the life that you're living. He's trying to bring peace. He wants to lead you peacefully. He renews you. He guides you. Gently. He is close by you. He protects and comforts you. You know what God says he does with the rod and the staff? He doesn't prod you. He does not hit you. He protects and comforts you. Please understand what this means. The God who made you, loves you, comforts you, protects you at all times. At all times. You are never alone. Please remember this all year long. I want you to think about a life of faith. From the time I got baptized when I was about 11 until today, I have tried my best to follow Jesus Christ every day. Some days were better than others. Some years were better than others. (laughs) But I have tried. And God has blessed me just because I have tried. I have done what he has said. And I keep trying to do what he says. And I keep trying to put my confidence in the one who is protecting me and comforting me, leading me. You might not recognize these people. (laughs) Cheryl and I changed a tiny bit. Those three little munchkins there are um, all have their own munchkins. Those are our kiddos. She's holding Bjorn. Some of you were around at that time. Uh, Bjorn was the youngest. And then uh, Straza uh, to one side and Trieste in the middle. And even when they were little, Even before we had them, Cheryl and I tried to pray our way through all kinds of things. Career things, practical things, daily things, relationship things. We tried. And God helped us to get better as we tried. We ended up having just enough faith to go to a foreign country, kind of like some other people over here, go to a foreign country and start a church in Strasbourg, France. And it was totally on faith, because we did not have enough money. We did not have a grand plan. Uh, It was not bankrolled in any way. We barely had enough money to survive, really. And so God used this time period in the mid-90s to strengthen our faith as a family and as a couple. Because we had no recourse. We had no safety net. So we prayed. When we needed things, when things were tough, when we needed direction and clarity, we prayed our way forward. And God answered every time. Every time. Every time. And for 18 years, I went without a paycheck. No paycheck for 18 years. Depending on God only. The generosity of His people. And in that, He. Built our faith. The life of faith is the life that you were designed for a life of loyalty to God, a life where you are trying to keep Him center, where He belongs, in control of all things. With all power, with all authority, that is the kind of life you were made for. Not for something else. Not for fretting in a corner. Not for being all distraught and tangled up in things and confused. No, to have clarity about who you are and who God is. And you let him lead you every day. You let him lead you every day. And protect and comfort you every day. You let him bring peace to your soul every day. I don't know how this happened. Um, We're kind of old now, and we have uh, eight grandkids under eight years old. That's just crazy. And they are so sweet. They're all so interesting. These these little kids are so interesting. But guess what? Guess what? These little kids know how to pray. These little kids are learning a life of faith to Jesus Christ already. Already, they're learning. It's awesome. It's awesome to see. We are actually going to be uh, helping to get to the Colmar Church off the ground in May. The Palmers are going over. And uh, it's it's all because of God working out His will. Hey, look at these people. Oh, it's awesome. I love that picture. (laughs) Love this picture. Now, because of a life of faith, God brought us to Laurel. To be back together again with a bunch of people that we've known for 30 some years. And we get to work with Ricky and Deanna and a bunch of other folks. There's Ian smiling, just smiling so big. God bless him. What a great brother. That's important, man. That is important. You only get this kind of life if you are in Christ and you are trying to stay faithful every day. It's the only way it happens. Don't be thinking it's hit or miss. No, it's, it's because you're letting him lead. You're letting him lead you in, in this life. Lives are woven together by God for his great purpose, and that is meaningful. Meaningful. You know how meaningful it is for Cheryl and I to be here again with Debbie and Farron and with all of their kids and see all this great stuff going on? It's fantastic. With Alan and Michelle, tons of other people, we were, we were together back 30, 33 years ago. It's awesome. It's awesome. What a blessing. It's all because of God's great purpose. You, you couldn't engineer this if you wanted to. It's a life of great purpose, focus, discipline, impact and love. Keep your eyes fixed on Him. A life like none other. There is no other life like the life that is lived in Christ. None other. It is true life, it's abundant life, it's everlasting life, and it's only found in Jesus the Christ. One of the things I want you to hang on to this year is that Jesus Christ was one, one man, one God man. It took one to save you. One saves all, once for all. That should be the headline. One saves all, once for all. It all hinges on Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus searched for one sheep. He came looking for one sheep. He was not concerned about the masses. He wasn't. He was was sad that they were harassed, but he was concerned about each lost sheep. And he spent time one-on-one with each sheep. We see that Jesus prays for oneness. You see this one theme? Oneness in John 17 as he's praying. It's all about oneness. And then the apostles teach this, Ephesians 4. We have one Lord, Jesus the Christ Christ. We have one faith. There is one loyalty that counts. The one to, the, to your maker. That's the loyalty that counts. Your loyalty to your maker. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. It's in there. It's clear. I don't know why people want to cover this up with their left hand. One baptism. One body. There's only one body of Christ. Everybody who is baptized into Christ according to what Jesus and the apostles taught. The body of Christ. One hope. One God and Father. There's a oneness thing going on here. And Jesus in John 17 is praying that we are one with he and the Father. One with him. Jesus' followers, we are ambassadors And we're sons. The Hebrew writer says that Jesus is bringing many sons. He's leading many sons. Somewhere. Where is he leading them? That's right. (laughs) Many sons to glory. He's not leading us into a pit of oblivion. He is leading us to glory. And the Apostle Paul talks about it multiple times. You know what you have in store for you after living a life of faith? Glory with Christ. Yes. The Apostle Paul says you get to share in the glory of Christ. That is precious. That is awesome. It is truly awesome. This is what you and I were made for. Everlasting life in His presence. Be made new in the attitude of your minds. Put on the new self. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This is not talk. This is reality. Do you know this means? This is the Apostle Paul. You are made new in order to become holy. Yeah. True righteousness. You... When you're in Christ, you're covered with his righteousness, but also the Holy Spirit of Christ is working to bring you to holiness in character. Yes, this is what the new life is for. Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Do you know that you will not grow up? You will not mature spiritually until you're doing this. Speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love at all times. From him, the whole body is joined and held together, and it grows and builds itself up in love, as Du Bois was talking about, as each part does its work, there are two things there. You and I are on a road to holiness, to glory. And in the process, what's supposed to happen? You and I are supposed to be loving each other, speaking the truth to each other. We're supposed to be growing together. He's putting us together as we do our part, our work. And there is work to do. There is work to do. He's trying to help us stay focused on the things that bring the character of Christ So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Hmm. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Interesting way to say this. Do you know that your having confidence in God will prompt you to do certain things? You won't hesitate. You will not be squeamish. You won't be sitting back and waiting to see what happens. You will be prompted by the God who has all power to do some things that look similar to what Jesus was doing. What your faith prompts you to do. All true faith results in action. All true faith results in action. Something... Happens. These good things prompted. Then the name of the Lord Jesus will be honored. This is when it's, His name is going to be honored. When this is happening. Because of the way you live. Underline this. 1 Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12. Jesus Christ will be honored, not because you said a few nice words in church. Jesus Christ will be honored because of the way you live every day. That's what the Bible says. This is what faith does. Gives you courage, strength to do what is right. A salvation that came through the Spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in the truth. The Spirit of Christ makes us holy. That's His job. He's working on it. We've got to cooperate with Him. He called you to salvation when we told you the good news. Now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, just as I was saying. Stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, and keep a firm grip on the teaching we pass to you. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself comfort and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. Do you know every single time you speak the truth and love to somebody, He is there to comfort and strengthen you in it. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. You're prompted by your faith to do something. He comforts and strengthens you to do it and to say it. Please have courage this year because God will be able to grow you, mature you spiritually, and make you holy because of it. You're acting on your faith. And he is comforting and strengthening you in it because... Not I, but Christ is living in me. We have a life together here. And uh, people come and they go. You know, Hager's had to leave. But hey, we have, we have all these great people coming and going. And they're doing a great job down in South Carolina. Um, this, is the, this is one of the blessings of, of the body of Christ. Of having a life of faith. This life that we now live we don't live alone, even in terms of our relationship, our fellowship. You have the family of God. Uh, here's Desmond. After he come into the kingdom, we have Spanish brethren who are amazing, amazing. Get to know these folks, man. Beautiful, beautiful souls. We got the King's kids. You know, we got the cutest kids here, right? We got super cute kids here. But man, these people, you know, with Bible Bowl and everything else, all the classes, VBS, we got people. Uh oh, little people. Look at these people. Oh, they're growing up now. Cute. Man, they're cute. We got these little people that are growing up for a life of faith. They, they get to actually live this life too. This is why we're doing what we're doing. It's a beautiful thing that God has brought together. You get to be a part of the family of God. Now and forever. Now and forever. No life like that. More young people. Look at these. Look at these young people. Ah, there we go. (laughs) That little guy. (laughs) David. Future leader. We have a great life together. By the way, if you're not in a life group, please get in a life group. If you're not in an outreach study, we have new outreach studies getting launched. Please be a part of an outreach study, because that's where the fellowship and the growth happens. Uh, it's it's part of the relationship building that has to happen in the body. This is the family of God. It is it is uh, not perfect, but it is beautiful. It is beautiful. And uh, as we go into this this new year, be thinking about what the Apostle Paul is saying. Jesus Christ is supreme. Uh, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation, the Apostle Paul says. Jesus Christ is supreme. He has all authority. And you're following Him. He is your Lord, and Master. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. you got to follow Him every day. When you wake up, you got to follow Him. Learn from Him. Let your roots grow down into Him. And let your lives be built on Him. This thing about Jesus Christ living in us, is not going to happen just automatically. You actually have to build your life. That's Luke 6.40 to the end of the chapter. You've got to build your life every day based on what Jesus Christ said and did. Not a bunch of other stuff. Don't be be basing your life on a bunch of other stuff. It will not turn out well. Build your life on Him. Then your faith will grow strong. In the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. This is the other thing that people around you, they'll notice. They'll notice that you are a very thankful, joy-filled person. They'll notice. They'll notice. United with Christ, tender compassion comes with that. Joy comes with that. This life that we now live... We can actually be like-minded. We can think similarly because we're trying to think more and more like Jesus. It's not a negotiation. It's all of us becoming more like Jesus. Having the same love, this pure, holy love, giving love, being one in spirit and purpose, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Jesus because you will never have the character of Christ until you have the attitude of Christ. He had a certain attitude, a certain perspective, a certain disposition. We need to spend the whole year learning that. Who being in the very nature God made himself nothing, humbled himself. There are a lot of Christians running around that This is the biggest issue, and maybe it's the biggest issue for all of us, really. (sighs) He's the model. He humbled himself, and as we follow him, we have to humble ourselves. I consider everything a loss, Paul says, compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus. Have you known some great people in your life? If not, you, you get to know Jesus before anybody else. But if you've known some great people in your life who just really had an impact on you, I want you to think about this because Jesus Christ is the most impactful person ever in history. You need to get to know Him because knowing Him surpasses all other greatness. Everything else pales in terms of getting to know Jesus, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I want you to think about that language. Jesus Christ took hold of you. Jesus Christ took hold of your life. Have you taken it back out of his hands? Forgetting what is behind. You know how much time we waste thinking about stuff in the past? A lot of time. It's not good. Most of the stuff we're thinking about all the time, it's not really good. Now, if it's, you know for meaningful purposes, OK? but Paul says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. He's not talking about milk toast. He's not talking about being passive. Well, I hope it's a good year. I don't know if I'm going to change anything, but I hope it's good. Thanks a lot. No, the apostles teach us to press on, press forward, lean into the wind. You've got to press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. Let us live up to what we have already attained. This is one of the biggest problems. You and I can have a lot of Bible knowledge but still not have the humbleness of God, the character of God, the holiness of God. It's a problem. It's a problem. That's why the Apostle Paul is saying it to the Philippians, because it's always a potential problem. You and I need to live up to what we already know. And we need to press forward. Move forward. Move ahead. Do not stand still. Do not look backwards. Move ahead. That's what the apostles teach. So here are the last three questions, and we'll wrap up. Last three questions for you. Is Christ living in you? Is he? And can anyone see him? Just like George Washington Carver saw and Jim Hardwick. Can anyone see Jesus? In you during the day. In what way are you living by faith daily? In what way? In what ways are you putting all your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ daily? If you're here and you need to get refocused... And do exactly what the apostles are teaching. If you are here and you are not in Christ. And you do not have the possibility of this life that we've been talking about. I want you to come now as we stand and sing.